Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. So we're going to jump into the sutra from last week, just a little recap and just trying to inspire um, our, our discussion. And so, Karana Shakti Svakto Nabhavat. Karana Shakti was translated as being the, the, the power to create or dissolve our reality at will. So that's, that was a pretty big deal. And it said that everybody has this power. Um, everybody. It's, an, it's a universal quality of just being a sentient being. And um, we saw this potentially one way of understanding it was about creating your own reality. And uh, we saw that uh, everyone has this ability. Um, we know we see this ability when we are, for example, dreaming or imagining. Uh, we know we have this ability when we're in the kitchen and we add that spice that's not in the recipe, we are saying, I, I can create a reality right now. I'm going to participate in my life. I'm gonna create something. And essentially what we're really saying is that um, I can be a part of my reality in a way that will have this impact. Um, so one of the first prompts uh, was asking yourself, where do you do this already? Where do you create your reality? And of course you can go off of the prompt. You don't have to follow that. But is there anywhere that you already do this kind of work? And did you notice in that sphere that you were making choices, that you were really, you know, taking your participating and having that impact? Um, so that was the first half of the sutra. And so I'll give you some, some space right now if that inspires anyone. And again, you don't have to go in that direction. But. Um, while people are reflecting, I wanted to share like a little bit of an aha moment that I had after last week. Um, for those of you that were there, Satyam had a few prompts of like, oh, do you ever imagine anything in the clouds? Like raise your hand or are you a creative person? Raise your hand. Do you remember that part of class? Yeah, and I felt like a little fraudulent. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I know I'm supposed to raise my hand. Mm -hmm. I, I like want to be a creative person, but I felt like a tentativeness as I raised my hand. I don't know if anyone else like had a moment of that. And then later at a meal time with the group here, we were talking, and it came up the creativity of cooking. So thank you for using that metaphor today. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is where my creativity shines through. Um, that moment where you have no plan and you open the fridge and you're like, okay, what do we have? Like, how can I make magic from this? And the reason I wanted to share that is because it felt so sweet for me to really feel and acknowledge like, yes, creativity moves through me even when I'm not like in a, time where I'm painting a lot or playing a lot of music or those obvious like artistic pursuits, there is still a way that this energy can flow. Um, and I wanted to share that in case anyone else was like not necessarily feeling like you're at your most creative right now. Um, I wanted to plant the seed that you're probably problem solving and living um, your yogi lifestyle in a way that is really unique and really um, allowing something to come through. So I don't know who needed to hear that, but that was kind of my breakthrough this past week. Thanks, Bob. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Double thumbs up. Radharani, go for it. <laughs> so um, thanks for sharing, Abaya. I guess I, that kind of like was a little bit my experience last week when you asked, you asked uh, Satyam, who feels you are creative and I'm a musician, but I don't perform much anymore because of my 
work. So I don't feel like creativity is coming that way for me too much. And I don't feel creative um, in an artistic way, like, you know, visual arts. But then throughout the weekend, and where you were talking right now about it, I was like, but wait, creating doesn't necessarily only means the arts, you know? And we just think about a creative person being an artistic person in music or visual arts or any other artistic endeavor. And it's like, and the sutra is saying, we're creating our reality. So whatever our reality is, we are creating it. So we are creative <laughs> by nature. <laughs> like it's by, by nature, we are creative because we're creating it. If we like it or not, it's different, but <laughs> right, right. We, are part, we are participants in that. So, yeah. um, so that made me feel, I, I was thinking about that at the end of last class. And now you said that about, I came back and it's like, oh yes, yes. It's like, um, don't put creativity in a box. Hmm. Creativity is way bigger than that box that we think of. And, hmm. you know, and um, related to the prompt, like, where do you create? So I've, I've been thinking this week about your, my thoughts, right? It's like your thoughts, depending on, can make you happier. I think we mentioned that last week, or that's but something that I, took with me through the week and with the prompt in the little book. And um, so I started, I started to try to notice this week how I was reacting to what other people were sharing or saying in any like situation in my life, right? And trying to, um, with my thoughts, be very kind of like positive and try not to judge too much the situation, but let it be a, li be a little bit. Um, and I think that something that came through to me was like, I didn't have to say too much, more like listening and being part of the conversation will create a little bit more of a harmonious moment I felt. And that my thoughts, I try to not just go to any judge judgmental part of it, but just like, accepting things that they were coming and just like being open to what it what was without me making judgments and putting things in boxes. So I was trying mm -hmm. to let my thoughts be a little freer that way. Um, that was, that's, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, you taking the time to really bring this into your life too, because last week when you said like, I've heard this prompt before, I just, it's not real it's not real for me yet. And I was like, well, I'd love to hear you work with it this week and see where it takes you. And I think the direction that you went um, was really uh, skillful because in the sutra, it really breaks down the concept of creativity or the idea of creating a reality. As you can see in the quote over there, um, it says, according to the thoughts they choose, every individual being and then it says it in its own way has the power of knowing and acting, which is another way of saying has the power of creating their reality through their thoughts and actions. We had that quote from the Buddha that literally said that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's really that fundamental, you know, the thoughts you choose to focus on and the thoughts you choose to act upon uh, are the essence of how we're creating our reality. And so, to think of it as like a paintbrush is so like you know rudimentary like we're we're like so much more atomic level than that when with our with our discussion of of creativity um so yeah that was that's exactly the work that was presented to us can i jump in please um something i want to highlight that radharani said that's maybe a little counterintuitive and i think really useful for us to reflect on or even comment on when you first hear the idea of creating your own reality kind of feels like a little bit of doership right it's like this oh i've got to like take my life by the reins and direct it and this is what i want and this you know and what i heard radharani sharing is her reality of that experience was actually like a stepping back mm. and like becoming more receptive and more observant um and so I think that's really insightful, Radharani, that like our participation 
isn't at the level of doership, you know, but at the level that Babaji has been sharing with us so much after over the past couple of years of like letting go and um, being softer, being more in the flow, um, but but that's not passive, right? It's like, it's just subtler. Um, so thanks for pointing that out, Rajarani. And can I, can I add something? Cause like, this is taking me also to, when I was thinking about this and thinking about how we sometimes hear like, you create your own reality and you can create, as you said, it creates some doership and it creates a little bit of, I want my reality to be this way. So I'm gonna dream about it and I'm gonna make a plan for it. And I thought, well, that's the opposite of surrender, which is our work, right? So how is how are those two related? So I was thinking about what you said, is like, how can you surrender all those desires of your reality to be this way instead of opening up to what's possible, which what Babaji says sometimes is like, what's possible instead of what do I want it to be? So it's kind of like a real balance of mm -hmm. letting things flow and you kind of like flowing with it in a positive way. And um, a couple of times this week at work, things just were not working. And sometimes I tend to be like, if, they, if it's not a plan, I'm, I'm a planner. So if it's not according to the plan, I'm like, hey, what am I gonna do? And I was like, just thinking about this is like, what if I choose my thoughts to be, okay, what is possible with what I got? And it did help me and everybody involved in just like, okay, just let's, we don't have all that we need. Okay, let's just change curves. So I was thinking about a lot about surrendering too, because there is ha there has to be that balance there. Mm. Congratulations! It feels like a big, um, like this. This allowed you to bring your practice into your day and your work life in a really fruitful way. Um, thanks for sharing. Mm. I just wanna is it can I jump in? I just want to say, like, you sort of segued us to the second half of this sutra, um, where it takes this concept to um, the subtlest level of creation, uh, which is uh, was summarized by an almost um, impossible uh, sentence in the sutras that was almost like a Zen koan. But I, I thought it was possible to interpret, which is here, is that discarding the established awareness and still strengthening the power of our awareness. And so what this could be interpreted to mean is, like you were saying, there's a sense of doership that comes with creativity sometimes. We're like, oh, I want to manifest this certain reality. And, and that is a stepping stone in, in the creative process. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it might be the stepping stone that, that takes you to this even more subtle creative state. So if visualizing a different reality, visualizing yourself in a better space than you're in, if that helps you uh, let go of worrying, if that helps you let go of um, dissatisfaction if it helps you surrender then it's in this flow and then eventually you get so familiar with this space this creative space that you can actually access it without having to associate a certain manifestation to it that you can actually put your energy through your chakras without it having to be you know, a certain, towards a certain end. You can actually just quote unquote, do the work as you were talking about. Um, and I still, I, I think that Babaji often teaches a middle path on this. See what's possible is the middle path of saying, have a vision, but also work with your circumstances. And that's that middle path of like, we're not trying to just like be in a cave, 
we want to work with our situation, but we also want to work with it in a way that allows it to evolve beyond our, 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 the limitations of our understanding. Gita, I see your hand going up. Go for it. And okay, and there might be another I, hand after that. I, um, the key words here are, are describe the absence of the establishment of awareness. So I could flip that around. It is to strengthen one's awareness. And then when you're more aware, it's like what you were just talking about, Babaji. He said he's always talking about looking at what's potential in the situation. Well, if you're not aware of what's around you and only focused on what you want to have manifest, then you miss all of that potentiality and what is possible um, often just can't happen because your goal, your focus and energy is someplace else. Anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real fine line. It's this this ability to work without shaping too much, but to not, you know. It reminds me of um, that period of time when the Sangha and Babaji and Faith were building uh, the uh, uh, dome, the, uh, the education center. And they wanted a school, and they wanted a school, and they wanted a school, and that is absolutely what didn't <laughs> didn't yeah. happen. But something equally gorgeous and meaningful uh, was the result. So uh, when I read this, I I think of that uh, building project and what happened. It's so valuable that we have so many examples of these sutras in our practice playing out in real life scenarios because of Babaji and Faith in our Sangha's uh, literal commitment to their practice over the last 50 years. There's just so many examples. We just get to like point to and be like, look, it, this worked. Watch. Look at, you know, Rudy's bread. Look at the bakery. Look at the slow accumulation that led to the ashrams. Look at these stepping stones. Look at the pivoting. That's constantly occurring. What? Yeah, they're really. So can I, uh, so I, I might have missed a hand. I see a hand here in the room with Dandelion, but I might have missed another hand. We're going to give it another couple of minutes. Uh, so I apologize if I missed you. Just maybe raise your hand up. Dandelion, if you want to go, I have to mute some things, and you can unmute. Just give me one second. And... So, um... I feel like this kind of reminds me of whenever I think of the universe and it's kind of like we are an extension of the universe experiencing itself. You know, the universe creates us and just like it creates a tree and then the tree creates the leaves and then creates the fruit. And so at some point it kind of lets go. It's like when a mother's creating a baby or like whenever I'm creating a painting, you, you create that and then at some point you birth it into the world and let it experience itself. And so there's the doership of it, but then there's also the experience like beyond the doership that's a part of the creation. I think I'm experiencing this is like, when you make a painting at some point, then you show it to people and let them experience it. And that's like, it's out of your hands. It's part of the creation of it, right? So it's kind of the doership. And then the yen of that is like, then you birth it and then you let it create other things and other people, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Dandelion. That was awesome. I I see some inspiration out there. Oh, we've reached our 20 minutes. Um, here's the deal, guys. Um, would you be willing to put your thoughts into actual words on paper for the newsletter at this point? Bob, can I see your hand? Your comment? Could you put it into, could you type it? Think, yes. <laughs> Radharani, would you be willing to write a little bit? Gita, that example about the school, that was perfect. Maybe, maybe not if you have time. That'd be sweet. I think this one could be like sort of the beginning of what our our work starts to look like. Dandelion, absolutely feel free. That was awesome. Just type that out, send it to me. 
Not right now. Okay. Because we're going to switch gears. And um, because the next sutra is so fruitful and it's so full, I wouldn't want to, like, you know, not give it its fair shot. Um, yay. Um, so let's take a moment here for some tension release just to give ourselves a clean slate before we start our practice. If there's anybody new that may not know this practice in full, I'll give a couple cues. If you've done it, just tune me out and do your work. The hands are outstretched next to the sides. You can swallow. And then breathe in slowly through the nose, visualizing the prana, crystal clear, flowing in through the third eye, down the throat to the heart. Breathing in for five to seven seconds. And then holding the breath there for five to seven seconds, but not gripping, more like expanding. And then as you exhale, visualize a smoky substance sort of pouring out of the heart, down the arms and out the hands for about that same length of time. And so bring that pranayama, that five, seven seconds or so breath in with a crystal clear prana flowing into the heart. As you hold the breath there, let it circulate, let it clear you out, like taking an inner shower and then let it drain out, exhale from the heart, over the shoulders, down the arms, out the hands. A couple more times on your own. Really try to feel it go on that exhale without pushing it. Almost like pulling a drain and really let it go, pulling a plug. And flick out your fingertips, wipe off your arms. And we'll start with our pronunciation for this uh, first, or not first, the second sutra of the day. Tripa Dadya Naprananam. Tripa Dadya Naprananam. Tripa Dadya Naprananam. Yeah, try it on your own once. Emerging from the state of Turiya, insert the absolute bliss of that state into the waking, dreaming, and deep sleep states, and they will become one with that state of Turiya. Emerging from the state of Turiya, from a blissful state, Turiya is said to be the underlying foundational principle of reality. It represents our true nature, consciousness, you can call it what you will. It's the foundational aspect of, of who we are, and it's what we experience when we let go of everything else. Um, and so Turiya has a quality of blissfulness. Uh, so when blissfulness emerges spontaneously in our life uh, in the form of, and we'll talk about this, for example, in the form of me listening to music, a delicious taste, a, a delicious drink, um, dancing. There's so many ways it might just spontaneously arise, a sunset. That is a ray of this bliss, making it through these clouds of some scars that, that cover our true nature. And if you can take a moment to retrace that ray of bliss inwards from its source in the heart, you can have a direct experience of your true nature in that very moment. Um, we've heard this teaching before. If you've been around for a while, you've heard Babaji's talk about the Vigyana Bhairava. When experiencing the joy of seeing a long lost friend, trace that joy to its source. And Babaji adds comically afterwards, before you remember why you haven't seen that friend in a while, because you guys had an argument. But the idea is trace it to its source in that moment and you'll get a big reward. Don't trace it to its source and it slowly dissolves. 
nothing wrong with that. But it's almost like we're trading in this t-shirt level experience of uh, rather than the full sort of concert experience of our happiness you know that we can actually be experiencing joy in a much deeper level it would last longer and it would actually start to permeate our life so that is essentially what we are tasked to do in the sutra it's a task we've been given before and i hope that after reading it i can actually expand a little bit your approach if you feel like you've heard this teaching before um, I, I personally have really enjoyed the approach that, I, that this will lead up to, to uh, finding this possibility in your practice. So let's start with a little bit of reading. Prabhati, haven't heard from you yet today, and I hope I can hear from a couple other folks. Could you give, uh, could you read this first sort of extensive chunk for us? I'm going to enlarge the screen for those of you. Okay. So even if your sense of perceptions are covered by the energy of illusion, at the time when you enjoy any sensation, God consciousness, Turiya, is momentarily shining like a flash of lightning. What must be done in these moments where God consciousness shines is to be absolutely aware. If you do not maintain awareness, then you are finished. You are just like an ordinary human being. Although this God consciousness rises for only one moment, you have to give life to it and sustain it with awareness. To accomplish this, just hold it internally by keeping your consciousness introverted, not extroverted. It is with introverted consciousness that you will be successful. With introverted, successive, unbroken consciousness, you must give life to that God consciousness, which is held only momentarily. In these moments, you must give rise to that God consciousness again and again. Thanks, Prabhupada. I know that was a long quote. That's why we have a whole two weeks to work with it, everybody. But nonetheless, rescan it. Feel free to ask a question or a comment if anything bubbles up for you right away. Sure, Yogita. I really feel that I experienced this today. I'm um, I, I, this morning. I was not feeling well. I was hurting. I didn't have any energy. And I said, you know, usually I try to do things to make myself feel better and stuff. But I went inside, and I felt got the the energy going, and um, and and I. I, I focused on that and not on what was going on. And it, and it just like took me through my day. I went up, oh, um, I, I was going up to El Dorado and I, I had just got a new phone and I couldn't get Uber. And, and then, you know, I was working on my talk and no matter what I went through during the day, I kept feeling that awareness of that energy inside. And it was wonderful. <laughs> It made me blissful, even though I was going through different things during the day. But, wonderful example. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful, wonderful. And it is actually where this sutra sort of concludes as an example. Um, just to give you a little uh, glimpse, it says, even when you are <laughs> racked with fear, when you, by being pursued by a fierce lion, then you can adopt this trick of awareness and trace that fear inwards and actually find energy and get and, and actually find a resource like you did, Yogita. And so this isn't just for the shining pretty moments, it's actually also for moments of tension in their various forms. The idea being, I think you put it, I think you nailed it when you said that you you turned inside and you felt a flow of energy. Uh, you know, you released the manifestation in that moment and you re you surrendered it in order to feel something that was behind it. Similar in the last sutra when we were talking about going to that sort of uh, atomic creative state before it's taken a form, you know, really identifying with that space. So yes, that is exactly what we are after. 
Babaji often says, the challenge here is that our mind tricks us and, oh, and associates our experience with the physical object that's in front of us. That's where we get tripped up the most. And so, yes, this is, this is what we're doing. We're trying to feel a flow that is behind the experience. And I'm so grateful for your example. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That's, that's really why we do our work, right? You turned uh, a challenge into uh, a nectar. So we're going to look at some examples from the Vigyana. Oh, and if you wanted to, it looks like you unmuted again, Yogita, go for it. Yeah, but, but I got to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> wow, you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah, you have sure. that, uh, uh, what they call aha day, and then you got to remember to keep mm. doing it. You mm -hmm. know? Well put. Yeah. Sometimes it our circumstances pushes us in when things are going okay well you know we don't feel that we have to work as hard or something yeah absolutely and with the intensive coming up there's often an extra button or two pressed in order to prepare us to reach deeper why does the plumbing break before intensives you know it's it's for our growth I can, at this point, you know, we have to assume that it's actually for our growth. So we're told it's a flash of lightning. Turiya shines through, a ray of light shines through these clouds like a flash of lightning uh, or like a, just a, a brief moment. And so we have to be able to, it says, turn our awareness inside and to hold, to hold what, you know, to hold on to what? It's like the sunset so beautiful. Hold on to the beauty, hold, look deeper at the sunset. What are you supposed to hold on to, you know? And that's what we have to discover. I could name it, you could name it, the text could name it. What are you holding on to is, is really what I see our work for the week to to experience through your practice not through your mind right what this experience of, of holding on inside feels like uh dandelion go for it let me just mute here for one second quick thing oh. This is something I think I struggle with because I'm a very expressive person. And so when I love something, I just want to share it. But sometimes people don't always, um, you know, experience that same bliss that you're feeling. So I've been trying to take this advice that someone said um, in one of these classes that Baba G said, whenever you have that moment to just enjoy it, like just simply enjoy it. And, you know, so that's a good lesson. <laughs> And that's what this, you know, this time's all about, putting that into practice in a myriad of ways. I can really identify with what you just said. I, that's exactly what I'm trying to do as well. Thank you. It really is. Let's look at a couple of examples from the Vijnana Bhairava and from the um, Spandakarikas that this sutra references as ways that we can interact with this teaching. Pujari, if, you're hand, if it's handy, you want to try reading this one? This whole universe has come into existence just to carry you to God consciousness. It is not meant to push you down. This universe, oh, I can't. <laughs> okay. Dharma, you want to take over? This universe is meant for your upliftment. If you know the trick of awareness, then you can enter God consciousness through taste, song, or even tension. If at the time you experience the joy that arises in your consciousness, when you eat a nicely prepared feast or taste a delicious drink, you have the trick to attain the awareness of Bhairava. Then you will enter in that bliss of God consciousness while eating or drinking. See, we get to keep eating. Nowhere in here does it tell us to stop eating. It just says, can you enter into the bliss? 
So for everybody that's going to be at Shoshone this weekend, I mean, how many opportunities do we have with these amazingly prepared feasts that occur right after meditating in the company of your Sangha, where you have no excuse because you could do this and it would be normal um, to do this all weekend long. And for those of us not in attendance, let us, let us, you know, try it as well. But uh, it's definitely something I've learned from being at Shoshone is you get this opportunity a lot. Any other comments or questions before we look at another example? Sure, Ananama. And then Dharma. I've been working for the last few months on when I have a, a heart opening experience or a great deal of joy to turn it in and recognize that it's coming from a deeper place inside rather than externally. And I've been trying now to start to do this even when I feel tension to find that state of bliss. So today I had a huge amount of anger and frustration. Just, I don't even know why it just came up. And so going back to that creative, like choosing your thoughts that we were just talked about, I, I called on Ganesh 911 because I needed that Ganesh 911 but really was trying to told myself, I'm not these thoughts, I'm not these feelings. There's something deeper inside. And I just, I was driving actually during this time. And I just kept working on connecting to this bliss and not attaching to that tension, which is what I really wanted to do. And about 20 minutes into the drive, I could feel it uh, release and it shifted where I was. And then I could really taste and feel that inner self. It was more tangible, it was better. It was stronger than the anger that had just arisen. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered how Baba said, sometimes when you're working, you can just have this intense anger or intense frustration and you just have to keep working it. So. But that's, that's just been my work for the last few months during the day is finding the, taking what I think is external, making me happy and drawing it internally, and then starting to switch to, or add, even when I'm in tension, can I feel that bliss? Can I go to a deeper state and just recognize it's just an experience. It's not who I am. Hmm. Thank you, Ananda. That's a perfect description of of this process in everyday life. And, you know, as I said, the next example in our, um, or one of the next examples says, you know, even when you're overcome, literally it says with rage, overwhelmed with unhappiness, filled with indecision or racked with fear because of tigers, uh, you adopt this trick of awareness. It's funny, it calls it a trick. Um, and you will in those very moments enter God consciousness. I mean, it's not always spontaneous. And like you were, what I really appreciate about your discussion was how it really was this practice, something you had to come back to. It's something you've been working at, you know, but so maybe it's not like we enter into bliss in that moment, but maybe it's we feel we're not going down the same path at least. And that is huge, you know, that is just to know you're going a slightly different direction is everything. So thank you for that description. And Dharma, I saw your hand go up. You'll probably be the last comment today before you meditate. Go for it. I was just thinking of how often faith is brought up that the universe brings you just what you need for your enlightenment. And it just sort of paraphrased the, the last slide you had. Mm -hmm. um, right, right. And, and just it's that level of trust you know it's just sort of that that surrender is is the answer it's it's the thing to do yeah it's a great reminder it, the universe is meant for your upliftment it says it's not meant to push you down everything in it has come into existence just to carry us towards god consciousness sometimes it's a challenge like yogita was saying sometimes it's joyful but every situation is uniquely catered to your karmic equation to precisely take you in that direction if we use it skillfully.
So before we conclude and uh, and meditate, I wanted to just mention one thing that I've been working with because, to be perfectly honest, I find this practice challenging. I'm grateful that we can work on it as a sangha because anytime we work on something as a sangha, we have breakthroughs we can never attain on our own. So Anonima, you've been doing this for months. Get ready; it's gonna be even better. I'm I'm ready. I want to I want to do this. Been chipping away at this for over a decade i feel like since babaji originally said it to me or you know in a satsang i'm ready i want it um but i found that the moment is so fast so fast and then i've realized that i actually have gotten tremendous benefit from preparing for these moments because those moments are few and far between during a day they occur but they are flashes and it reminded me of, I won't read this whole thing. I'm just going to, you know, allude to it. Um, this is in your pocket sutra, so you can check it out later. But that uh, Turiya is in the background. It's not something we can make happen. But it says down here at the bottom, all of our practice is, is, is mentioned so that we may prepare ourselves for its reception. And so when we, we're going to meditate right now, and I'm going to utilize this teaching in it. Um, but the idea of preparing for joy is really palpably it's very tangible and effective i hope you'll get a feeling for it and i found that it, it it's it's actually just like this like for me a blast off into the witness state and, and a way in that i didn't know was there um, sometimes we think we think of the witness as really a neutral space but what we're really witnessing is going to be bliss so it's not as neutral as we might think so you can actually you what you're witnessing what you're expecting is, is actually joy and that changed my work a little bit so feel free to shuffle in your seat a little we're in the last portion of class And as always, let's just take a moment to cultivate the a buoyant seat. Feel that gentle, very gentle buoyancy that rises up through the midline. It's a feeling of almost balancing. You can rock your pelvis sort of a little forward and a little back. We all have a tendency to grip in one direction or the other. You want to try to feel for where there's the least amount of gripping and the, the most amount of weightless buoyancy. And that should rise up through the rib cage, the shoulders, and the crown. The jaw is relaxed, teeth barely touching. The tongue just sort of levitates towards the roof of the mouth, helping with the buoyancy. And haven't taught this in a while. It's one of my all-time favorite teachings. With the eyes closed, you can try on a slight smile. It's always just for you. Nobody's looking. It's so slight, you probably wouldn't even notice it from the outside, but you can feel it. As Paul Reps put it, a slight smile stretches a mile because it changes the trajectory of everything. This whole universe has come into existence just to carry you to God consciousness, to carry you there. It is not meant to push you down. This universe is meant for your upliftment.
And so I want you to imagine for a moment that you're in a really fertile space, maybe a field with that's really has a lot of vitality or somewhere else you associate with just having a lot of life force, a lot of growth potential. And let yourself just imagine that joy is just over the horizon. It's inevitable. According to the yogic tradition, it's your true nature. It can never be lost, and it can only temporarily be covered. So feel yourself. You're surrounded by the potential of joy. It's going to blossom anywhere, any moment. And now bring that, that awareness down into your heart. This is the potential energy space. This is where the joy will blossom. We might notice it with our eyes or hear it with our ears or taste it with our tongue, but this is where the joy will actually blossom and come from. So let yourself rest for a moment in this state of conscious anticipation of joy. You don't need to reach for it. It's going to come to you. For me, this is identical to the practice of santosha or contentment, which the Yoga Sutras say brings unsurpassed delight. This feeling of anticipating joy, knowing it's coming, is itself joyful without any reaching When the mind drifts, bring it back so simply to this seat you're in, this breath you're taking. And you're waiting for joy because it is on its way without question. Again, as the mind drifts, you're no longer waiting for joy. You're tasting 
a small sliver of joy in the form of a thought. You're just sort of nibbling. Just sort of set it down for a moment, the thought. And try to feel the space of your breath like it was a cool drink that you could enjoy in this moment. Think of the mantra, Hamsa or Om Namah Shivaya, as some of the most creative words, lyrics, stanzas. You know, hear them. And know that this ananda, this bliss, is inside of you, and it will erupt in a small or a big way, inevitably, today, tomorrow, the next day. Where is joy? It is absolutely everywhere. And we see it when we stop looking for it. We feel it. So just entertain the possibility in a real practice way, not a thought way. Imagine that joy right in the center of your heart. 
put every thought on a shelf and let yourself interact directly with it in its formlessness in the heart. When the mind activates, we are reaching for joy. Let go of the thought. Let yourself wait for joy. Wait for joy in the heart to naturally arise. We can't make it arise that we can open, we can calm the mind, we can prepare ourselves for it. And by doing so, we open the door So we can take the last couple minutes or minute of class to bring our hands to the heart and to visualize that space like a flower, to breathe into it naturally, and to let the fingertips slowly part. And to just feel that Beauty inside, shining again naturally, like a flower, visualize that flower opening. Natural feeling of gratitude can arise, happiness without form. And we can offer up the nectar of our practice out of the crown of our head to Babaji and faith and the lineage and our Sangha and our self in anticipation of this wonderful weekend to come. I recently read in a satsang text that Babaji used to really try to anticipate the joy before an, uh, an intensive to feel the, the joy that was possible. And so I hope that this class has done a lot of us to all do that as well. So, namaste everyone. Have a great intensive weekend. See you all in two weeks. And one week from now, Dharma and Yogita will be presenting. So see you then too.
Jai Jai Han. 